0: The following podcast contains explicit language. It is the early morning of October 10th, 2016 from Slate. It's the gist. Rapid response. Second presidential debate edition. As if. As if heading into this debate, Donald Trump could correct the fact that he seemed unprepared by prepping He seemed, in the last debate, unprepared because he is unprepared, and prepping is, like it sounds, a half-assed, not-as-good version of preparing. A prep cook can prep the meat. If the meat is rancid, it will still make you sick. A night nurse can prep the patient. If the surgeon faked his credentials and is prescribing himself his own meds, the surgery will not go well. Prepping does not gloss over the fact that Trump can say this. You know, every time we take rebels, whether it's in Iraq or anywhere else, we're we're arming people. And you know what happens? They end up being worse than the people. Totally turning his back on the Kurds, the boots on the ground, who will fight their hearts out against a brutal oppressor and also be a bulwark against ISIS. Trump's against using them, I guess. No one's against working with the Kurds. Maybe Trump doesn't know who the Kurds are. Rule of thumb, to see the thing that is true of Trump, check out what he says is true of his opponents. Like this. She wants to fight for rebels. There's only one problem. You don't even know who the rebels are. Mr. Trump. Or this. You can say any way you want to say it, but Bill Clinton was abusive to women. Or this. Her donors took massive tax write-offs. Those are truths about him. As if. As if there were any new arguments to be made, real arguments. Any new argument for either candidate to make, but the dynamics are actually different for each of them. From Hillary, we didn't really see any arguments that we haven't seen before. Because how could you not go to the major points against Trump? How could you not use them? How could you not point out his chumminess with Putin? Anytime anything wrong happens, they like to say the Russians, Russians, she doesn't know if it's the Russians doing the hacking. Maybe there is no hacking. Except yes, they did hack. And the classified security briefings that you are privy to, Mr. Trump, tell you they hacked. So Hillary is pretty much forced to make the case that this man is temperamentally, fundamentally unfit for office. She's obliged to say it, to reiterate the prosecutor's brief. Look, there's a giant meteor hurtling towards Earth. and If it hits a population center, it could wipe out millions. This is not the time to go in for a nuanced discussion of fisheries. Trump, on the other hand, felt free to come up with some new lines of attack, like this idea to hire a special prosecutor with the express purpose of going after Hillary for her emails, which, by the way, is the exact opposite of how a special prosecutor works. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country because you'd be in jail, Secretary Clinton as if This line of attack will resonate beyond the Breitbart brethren. If the promise, I will jail Hillary Clinton, will motivate a voter, that voter's not an undecided voter. Why didn't all the outraged senators or the congressmen who are so against Hillary not being indicted think of this before, right? Why didn't Daryl Issa? Why didn't Trey Gowdy? Oh, I know why. Because they know it will plunge the country into banana republic madness. I guess Trump would say that he's just such a bright guy with such new ideas. No one thought of this before. I think the Occam's razor is more like he has no idea how government works. He has no idea how the world works. Or my original point, he doesn't really understand how voters other than the Republican base work. People do not think Hillary is truthful. That is a fact. But the majority of Americans do not want a president who will ignore the FBI director and indict anyway. America wants the loser of the presidential election to go away, not go to jail. As if, as if the town hall format was some inherent sodium pentothal like we've all been sold. You can't, we've been told, easily brush off the concerns of the common citizen. Well, you can roll over their questions like a panzer division. We now go to Gorba Hamid with a question for both candidates. Hi. There are 3.3 million Muslims in the United States, and I'm one of them. You've mentioned working with Muslim nations, but with Islamophobia on the rise, how will you help people like me deal with the consequences of being labeled as a threat to the country after the election is over? Trump's answer to combating Islamophobia, by the way, was that the San Bernardino shooters' neighbors should have called them in, but they were too politically correct to do so. No. Didn't happen, but fine. But I want to say this part. As if Gorba Hamid is an undecided voter. Really, a Muslim-American who's on the fence about these two candidates? There are about 25 people in the audience. They were all selected by Gallup. They were supposed to be undecided voters. Now, by my count, there are four African-Americans in the audience. That is a decent approximation of the black vote in America as a whole. But I find it hard to believe that that's an accurate representation of the undecided vote. Polls show zero, one, two percent of African Americans will vote for Trump, but this audience of undecided indicated that 12% or so of their members were African American. There was, by my account, one undecided white woman who was called upon to ask a question that happens to be the demographic that will sway this election, to the extent that this election can still be swayed. But I will concede that the people playing Undecided Voters on TV do not have to be perfectly representative of who the real undecided voters are, but it is nice when something like that happens. The questions asked in this debate were fine questions, but there was no moment of connection between questioner and candidate, either candidate, any candidate, and that has happened in the past. There was no question, in fact, that benefited at all from the fact that it was asked by a citizen a supposed undecided voter. As if that matters now. On CNN, the phrase stop the bleeding was bandied about like it was the political panel's job to be field medics. Let me tell you, the golden hour has passed. The corpse is bloating with gas. At least that is my understanding of the science as far as Mr. Trump's understanding of the science. It's just going to be talking all her, her friends, the taxes we were talking about, and I would just get it by osmosis. She's not doing any of me favors. Yeah, that's not what a means. As if this debate, as if this entire campaign, but let's just keep it to this debate, can be judged by the normal standards of politics. Remember when debates were swayed by things like George Bush looking at his watch, or Mitt Romney saying the phrase binders full of women, or when Al Gore sighed, ooh, when he sighed. Well, let's cue the bodily emanations. That's an example in San Bernardino. That's the big difference between Abraham Lincoln and you. But I don't know, Putin. As if this debate changed the course of this train wreck of a campaign. No, not train wreck. This North Korean missile system of a campaign could be dangerous, probably aimless, clearly a violation of international norms. The Trump campaign is not a campaign at all. It is a spasm. And what we saw here was the herking, jerking, wandering, rambling evidence of the second stage of spasm. The third stage is in 10 days time in Las Vegas, as if the spectacle has any chance to turn out differently from the embarrassment we've been witnessing so far. That's it for the rapid response. We're going to Vegas. Mary Wilson and Chris Berube produced this special episode. We'll be back with more full-length gists this whole week. Um puru de Peru do puru and thanks for listening.